Gabe Miller here, and I want to personally thank you for checking out our podcast. And I also want to encourage you to click the subscribe button so that each week's message will automatically show up in your feed. Another great way to stay connected with this is on our website at yourimpactchurch.com and on all of our social media outlets at Your Impact Church. I hope this message today encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you. Let's jump into the message. Media people. I'm not going to go in order most likely, so sorry about that. I can't help it. But I want to talk to you today about, about judging. Um, and this is something that, oh, I started studying on a few months ago, I guess, th- three or four months ago. And as I started studying it, I started realizing how much I probably judge people. Any of y'all guilty of that? If you don't feel like you're guilty of that, you may need to judge yourself and uh, see, check your own heart. But in Matthew chapter 7, he talks about, about judging, and he, he tells us not to judge. And I know there's righteous judgment, but I'm not talking about that today, so you can go study that on your own and figure that part out. But I'm going to talk about unrighteous judgment today. So when I'm saying judge today, I'm talking about unrighteous judgment, judgments we shouldn't be doing. But in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 1, he says, Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you'll be measured, and with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. So for me, that's enough motivation for me not to judge people, because it's going to happen to me. You know, the Bible says in Galatians, to whatever you, man reaps, he'll sow. And whether it, be to, whether it be good or bad, you're going to reap good and bad. So this is, for me, this is, again, there's more here I'm going to read. For me, that's enough, because I know I'm going to get judged. People are going to not treat me. I'm going to get treated the way I've been, tre- I've been treating people, basically. You know, the old saying, what goes around comes around, is, is got some truth to it, even though that's not a scripture or anything. But for me to, to go around judging people and to putting them down because of where they're at in life or decisions they've made, and yeah, you know, people say things like this. Well, uh, if you just quit eating, you wouldn't be fat. Well... <laughs> <laughs> that's hard for me to do to quit eating <laughs> I like to stop and get a hamburger I like to stop and get whatever that's not good for you and eat it but did you know there's more to that for some people you know some people have been depressed and they start overeating and they, they just trying to put out the pain and doing these things and they're, they're overweight because of that or they may have a health issue or who knows but if you just show up and start judging them for being fat and say, well, you can stop that if you just stop eating. Well, there's a whole lot more to people's stories than what we know. And that's, that'll remove us from being, from being judges towards people and judging people. Let me go on. I didn't mean to get off on the fat subject. But <laughs> I feel like I can talk about it now. There was a day I didn't feel like I could talk about fat people, but now I feel like I can. And I'm not judging nobody. So anyways. And... Why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? He said, or how can you say to your brother, let move the speck from your eye, and look, a plank is in your own eye. And this in verse 5, he says, hypocrite. I like how he says that. I think that's how Jesus said, hypocrite. I think it's got an exclamation point after it. So first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. And for us to, uh, he says to not judge and to first take the judge, basically judge ourselves first is what he's saying here. To look at our own hearts and look at our own lives 
before we go out trying to change the world, change everybody else, you know, going around telling them what to do. I need to, just like me, if I just got up here and started preaching this, but I've been thinking about this and, and studying it for a few months. So I've been thinking about it and trying to get it working in my life uh, best I can and before I share it with somebody else. And so this is something that, uh, that I think is going on in our lives more than we realize in our culture, in our country, in our, in our world, that we tend to judge people because of certain sins they commit and certain things they do. Yet the Bible says that to judge not, so that's a sin for me to judge people. So while you're judging somebody for sin, you're sinning. That makes you a hypocrite, according to the Bible. And he says, let me read this again. Judge not that you be not judged. So do you like to, how many of y'all like to be judged? You just makes you feel warm and fuzzy on the inside. And you're like, man, I, I'm ready to get up and go to work tomorrow because I got judged. Nobody feels that way. Nobody, feel, nobody wants to be judged. Nobody wants to be looked down upon. Nobody wants to be um, frowned upon, even if you're doing something wrong. And, but when we, as Christians, start judging people, it just pushes them away. You know, have you ever heard of Gandhi? He, uh, he said that he, he's a guy that basically transformed India and made them into a, a, a Buddhist, Muslim, whatever they are, country. For the most part, he, he led that. But before all that happened, he went, to a, he went to a church and he said he would have been a Christian if he would have never met one. That's what he said. And that's how much that changed a whole country because the way he was treated by Christians, by people that are supposed to be, you know, loving and, and all these kind of things. And you don't know who you're encountering on a daily basis. It matters how, much you, how you treat anybody, but you never know what kind of influence they're going to have and how much you're going to affect their influence in this life. So to, to end all that, just judge not, that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured. It's going it's to come back. It's gonna, the measure that you use, however, however harsh you're judging people, uh, that's how harsh you're going to be judged back. And I know judging isn't really a, a thing we talk about um, in in this culture a lot because nobody wants to be judged. They want to run around, do whatever they want, and nobody, nobody say anything to them. And that's a whole different thing there. I'm not saying we never um, address sin. We never address, I'm not saying you don't go to your kids and, you know, beat them for sinning. I think you should. I think the Bible says that. I mean, it don't, that ain't the translation. That ain't how the translation says it, but it says it close. If I was writing the Bible, that's how it would say it. But I didn't. And, but it says spare the rod, spool the child. It doesn't mean you don't make a judgment call and say that's wrong and you're getting a whipping or you're getting whatever you do. Um, grounding never worked for me. Whippings did. So <laughs> judge not. I'm going to just keep reading this because until we get, until I get it, it might be a while. Judge not that you be not judged for with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you and why do you look, here's a question, why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye and you got a log in your eye? You got a whatever beam, some translations say a beam. That don't even make sense. Why would I be running around? I mean, I would love to have a real visual of this, somebody with a beam sticking out trying to reach out and get a speck out of your eye, you know, but I'm not very good at that kind of thing. But that just don't make sense. You don't have to be some theologian or some real smart person. I mean, look at me. You, you, 
to, to realize that that don't make sense. That if I got a bean sticking out of my eye, I don't need to come over and help you get a speck out of your eye. Because I'm not in a place to do that. I'm not in a place to help you yet. Doesn't mean I never will. Doesn't mean I never should address things with you and talk to you about things and say something to you about something you're doing in your life. It doesn't mean I should never do that. I'm just saying the order this is in, it says to judge myself first and then I can help people. <clears throat> so if you, your, your methods of helping people aren't working, I recommend you try this, to judge yourself first and then you can start helping other people. So this is what I recommend and this is what Jesus does too, so I'm going to go with him on that one. But we, uh, I worked for this pastor for a couple of years at this church and when I first went to work for him, I thought, this guy is an idiot. And I can't even believe they put him in this position, and I don't even want to work here. And, but I was judging him. Does, I, that sounds like judgment to me anyways. Anyways, I judged him harshly right off the bat. I thought, this guy don't have a clue. And neither did I, but I, was, I was felt like I needed to judge him. Anyways, I went on for a couple years working with him and stuff and, and just got to know him and got to understand things in his life. <laughs> and he had had a pretty tough life. He had had, um, he was the only person in his family that had never been to prison or never been to jail. And he, his parents, while I was working for him, his dad passed away one morning unexpectedly. And he was off for about two or three weeks with that because they, their hometown is back in Kentucky, so they had to go back there and do all that. And by the time he came back, he was home, he, back, he came back to work for about two weeks, and his mom passed away unexpectedly. And how many of you know that'll affect the way you make decisions, the way you, affect, the way you treat people, things that have happened in your life? And, you know, I didn't know, again, I didn't know anything about him when I first met him. I just thought, this guy's an idiot, and I don't want to be around him. But he had reasons why he acted the way he did. He had a lot of pain. He had a lot of hurt in his life. And I'm not saying that we don't need to address that pain and, and get through that, and, and we don't need to let that affect our decisions. That's, that's the best thing to do. But not everybody's doing the best thing, are they? Including myself. We're not all living the exact way we should. But when we judge people unrighteously, and we put them down when we don't even know where they came from or how they got there, we're judging unrighteously. And we're not, we're not being an example that we could be to help people. And it's just pushing people away from God and away from the church, away from us. And judging is just not a, it's not a good thing. The Pharisees did this all through the Bible. They, they judged people for, you know, everything. And they, they condemned people. They wanted to stone people. They wanted to do all these things to people that, that they were probably doing some of those things themselves. They were just hiding it. And that's what a judgmental person is, is somebody that has probably got the same problems. They're just, they're just not looking at the plank in their own eye, and they're trying to take the speck out of the, your eye first. And that's what happens to us when we, when we become judges, and we're not, really, uh, we're not the person that's supposed to be judging people. It's, uh, it's God that, that is supposed to do that. And, you know, one of the things in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, and they don't have this, so uh, I do, though, here. So... In 1 Corinthians 4, I just added this last night for the media people that I, I didn't let them know. But it talks about judging again. And Paul was talking about this. Uh, 
in 1 Corinthians 4. And he says here that, um, <clears throat> let me just start in verse 1. He said, so let a, man, let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by a human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself, for I know of nothing against myself. Yet I am not justified by this, but he who judges me is the Lord. Therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord comes, who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsels of the hearts. Then each one's praise will come from God. He said here that uh, it was a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by a human court. You know, one of the things that bothers me the most is when somebody is judging me. And Paul said here that it was a small thing. So if you're judging me, I really don't need to let that bother me because it's a small thing. But we let people judging us turn into this big thing like it's a bit like, like what they said really matters. And like what they said is the gospel. And like what they said, you know, is the final authority. And most of the time it's not. It's just judgmental stuff. And that's why Paul said here that, <clears throat> but with me it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by a human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself. And he, that's my, one of my problems is when people are judging me for whatever, for being lazy, for being fat, for whatever, you fill in the blank, whatever people judging you for, is it just bothers me and it eats on me. And, you know, I could never be the president of the United States because of that. That's what's holding me back. And <laughs> if I could just get over that, I could, I could be the next one, maybe. But, you know, you've got to have thick skin to, to deal with that. And, and I just don't have it. And when somebody judges me or calls me, like I was in line at the Rock Crusher one day. I'll tell you this. I ain't going to tell you all the words he said. But I, it was early in the morning. There's a big line wrapped around the pile, and I just whooped right in front of him, got on the scales, and he called me a name on there, uh, on the CB, and it, it just tore me up for about four or five miles. I was, I was, it bothered me, because he called me this name. And anyways, and I messed up. I wasn't, shouldn't have cut in front of him. I didn't mean to. It was an accident, but I wasn't going to explain that to him, because he'd already judged me, and he called me a, a, a pretty bad name. And, <laughs> but I just reached up there and turned the CB off. I didn't have to put up with it no more. But I still, it was in my mind. It's in my mind for, I don't know, probably a little while anyways. And that stuff just wears me out when people judge me and call me names and treat me wrong. And I just want everybody to like me. And I just want everybody to, you know, sing my praises. And I want everybody to just love me and do all these great things to me. But that ain't reality, is it? You got to get, you got to not let that stuff bother you when people are judging you and putting you down and for whatever it is that they're judging you for. And that's what Paul said here. He said that, that <coughs> but with me it is a very small thing. And yet I make it into this huge thing. Like what they said is, is affecting my whole life. And my life is over because they don't think well of me. And they don't like me. And they don't like what I said. And they don't like how I did this and how I did that. And the way I'm doing this and the decisions I'm making this. And it just wears you out. But if you'll just consider it a small thing when somebody's judging you, It'll be better. It'll, it, won't, it won't wear you out and affect, like I was talking about the pastor, it, I believe that affected his decisions in his life because he wasn't counting it a small thing. And I'm doing the same thing a lot. Of that I don't count it a small thing when you judge me unrighteously. I make it a big thing. 
That's how Paul, I think, a lot of his success came from because how many of y'all know he was criticized a lot? He was judged unrighteously a whole lot. I mean, he got put in jail for preaching. I mean, it's, that don't even make sense in our, in our world. We can't even wrap our minds around that. So that's about as unrighteous judgment as you can get. And yet he said, he, called, he counted this a small thing that I should be judged by you or by a human court. How many of you, if you got pulled into court for something, it would just, you'd just fall to pieces? You know, I've never been in court uh, or nothing like that. I've never had any dealings with that. But if you got pulled into court for something you didn't do, you would just hit the panic button. You wouldn't think it was a small thing. You'd be trying to get the higher, highest pay lawyer, the highest whatever, the guy on the billboard, whoever it is, and trying to get this thing resolved. And you wouldn't count it. You'd make a huge thing out of it. I mean, it'd be the focus of your life for however long. But Paul said here that, that he counted this a small thing, that he'd be judged by you or a human court. He didn't think nothing of it. He just, okay, whatever. Whatever you think, it don't really matter to me because I know what's right and I know what's wrong. And you're just judging me unrighteously, so I'm not letting it bother me anymore. Now, I really, really hope I get this message today because it's, it's, it's something I need. And this is what I'm saying here is, is even helping me right now because I deal with this, on, again, on a daily basis. And I let people criticize me and all these things um, bother me and, and make me just kind of fall apart <coughs> to a point. But that's not what Paul did. And... For us to be successful, for us not to let other people's um, viewpoint of us govern our decisions, we have to just count this a small thing. You know, the lady that was uh, in the Bible, she uh, committed adultery and they wanted to stone her and do all this stuff to her. And anyways, how many of you know she felt pretty condemned? How would y'all feel if somebody drug you through them doors and said, this lady committed adultery, threw her on the ground, everybody pick up a rock and throw it at her? How many of you know that's pretty condemning? That's, I don't think God did, and obviously he didn't condone it. But how have you know that ain't, that ain't godly? I think we all can see something that's, that is um, that drastic. That'd be easy to see. But I think we don't see the things that we do on a daily basis because they're not so up front and so in front of people. And we just have these, these things about people that we don't like. And, and, you know, there's a lot of things in our world that I don't like and I don't approve of. And I don't think God approves of, and, and on and on we could go. But I'm just simply saying, you're not going to change all these people. You're not going to change all these people overnight. I mean, we can pray, we can, we can try to help people. I'm not saying we don't do that. But if you just quit letting it eat on you, you could probably help people a lot better. And quit letting this stuff bother you when people are condemning you for saying something on Facebook. Man, you can't even say nothing on Facebook about church... Man, it's just stupid. I, that's why I didn't have Facebook for a long time, but I got it now. And I seen some stupid stuff on there last night, and I was thought about it, and it ate me up and made me mad. But anyways, but they're so, uh, I don't know how I got off on Facebook. Maybe y'all, I think we should all go delete our Facebooks and boycott them. How about that? We'll judge Facebook. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. I'm not saying that. <laughs> that won't do any good. Again, me judging Facebook, me judging people on Facebook isn't going to do any good. It's not going to help anybody. Who cares? Turn it off. If you don't like it, turn it off. If you don't want to be around that person that's condemning you all the time, get away from them. It's, I mean, if it's your spouse, you can't do that. Don't take this the wrong way. Y'all need to have a conversation about it. You know, hug each other. Do whatever else you need to do to make up and, and go on. So 
I just want to qualify that for some people. They may say, well, he said to get away from you. So <laughs> that won't fly. That ain't biblical. So, um, so in 1 Samuel chapter 16, I want to read this to you. And this is how, how God views us, and I think this is how we should view people too. How many of y'all would, would agree with God on things? So over here in 1 Samuel chapter 16, this is, uh, this is when uh, David was going to be anointed as king, and the Lord was speaking to Samuel about it, and he, he uh, was telling him how to go about it, basically. So in 1 Samuel chapter 16 and verse 7, he said, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature, because I have refused him, for the Lord does not see as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And then he goes on to say how he, how he chose, uh, chose the, the next guy. But he said the Lord, he doesn't look at our outward appearance. And most of the time when we're judging somebody, we're going from what we see on the outside. Most of the time. Not all the time. Sometimes you have some insight. But most of the time, the guy standing on the corner with the sign saying, give me some food, give me some money. We're just judging you by what, well, there's a job right there. Go get a job application. I thought about getting a stack of job applications and putting them in my truck when I pull up to the deal, <laughs> hand them four or five of them. <laughs> and that ain't a bad idea. I think we should do that. But the point I'm trying to make here is not that. You don't know what they might have been in the war. Who knows what's going on with them. They, they could have, who knows, their parents may have been no good for nothing, never taught them how to work, and that's what their parents taught them, and, and that's what they know. Now, does that mean we don't need to teach them and hand them a job application? No, I think that'd be good. Um, maybe fill it out for them. Do whatever you need to do. Pick them up and take them, give them some work. Because, it, uh, anyway, we won't get off on all that. That's probably too much for Sunday morning. Um, we'll do that at a home group or something sometime. But the, the point is, is I think we judge people unrighteously more than we realize. And it's in those small things, that, and it's affected my life when I do that. And I'm, even though I'm not actually going out there saying that to them people, and I'm not condoning them not working, and there probably is a lot of people that are doing that that are, that are you know, just being crooked about it, to say the least. I'm sure that's happening. And, but the point is, is, is in my mind and in my heart, I want to keep it right. And whether they're doing right or wrong, that's not up to me to, to decide whether they're right or wrong. My, my job is to keep my heart and mind right, and then I can help them. And I can lead them in a different direction if, the, if need be. And this is something that, that the way God looks at people. You know, I had a, another instructor in Bible college. Uh, he, I judged him pretty harshly. So he was what I would call this, um, he was about that tall or so. And he would, he's what I would call a hyper-Pentecostal preacher. And I don't know if you know what that means, but he'll start reading real calmly, and then he'll start getting real loud, and then all of a sudden he takes it off and throws it on the deal, and he's running up and down. And that's fine if that's your thing. But for me, I was just not learning from him, for, to say the least. But he, he would, uh, so he had these false teeth, and he'd get all hyped up, and he'd spit them out, and he caught them in midair like that, and he put it back in. He never missed a beat. You know, if he was saying Jesus loves me, he said Jesus loves me, and he was—he never <laughs> missed a beat. 
And one time he spit them out on the steps, and he just walked down there like it was nothing, put them back in, and, and kept preaching, and he just was sweating, and it, nothing bothered him. He didn't care if we was judging him. And anyways, I judged that guy pretty harsh, and I felt bad about it. And so on the last year of my Bible college, he started telling about how he had this um, health problem, and he had had it for a couple years, I guess, and it was causing him to, to kind of be hyper in a way. And I didn't know that the whole time. I was just sitting there, me and my friends, you know, we'd get together and we'd impersonate the, you know, the instructors. <laughs> and I was pretty good at impersonating him. And my, my other friend, he impersonated these other instructors. And anyways, we'd go back and forth. And that's what people, spiritual people do in Bible college. <laughs> and uh, I probably need to go back for a couple more years. But my point is, I was judging this guy. I didn't know his story, didn't know nothing about him. I just didn't like his personality, and I just shut him off. But his tests were the easiest tests in the whole school. He would stand up there and give you the answers. So then I was like, okay, this guy's kind of all right. And uh, anyways, he was a real nice guy if you got down talking to him. But he just, when you put a Bible and a microphone in his hand, he just was hyper. And it was just too much for me, and I couldn't handle it. Anyways... I judged him unrighteously, and I, I treated him unfair. I never said nothing to him. I was like most Christians. I just did it behind the scenes and didn't tell nobody and acted like everything was okay up front. But I was judging him the whole time I was there nearly. It was like the last two months of school when he finally told us about this health issue he had and how it was affecting his life and affecting the way he did things. And he's, he was apologizing. Man, I wanted to start crying. He was apologizing for, you know, maybe being too brash with people when he's preaching or whatever. And all these things he was going, I just felt about that tall after he started saying all these things. And even though he was funny, you know, seeing all those things happen, that didn't have nothing to do with his health. He just needed some glue or something on there. But <laughs> it was, uh, it, I felt bad for it. I felt real bad for judging him. And he was a good guy. And he was real good friends with the guy that ran the Bible college. And anyways, again, just making my point, we don't know what people are going through in their life, and we don't know why they're making the decisions they make. We don't know why they're, they're acting the way they do. We, we just don't know a lot of times. So we need to be careful with judging people unrighteously and treat everybody equal. How about that? Even if they did you wrong. How many of y'all know Paul had people do him wrong? Jesus had people do him wrong. He was, Jesus came into this world healing people that had been laid by the swimming pool for however long, and all these things that he, he just, people that had an issue of blood for 12 years. I'm not getting, I don't know if I'm getting all the timelines right, but anyways, he come in and fixed all these problems that been going on for 20, 30 years, these people that had sicknesses and, and among other things, and he got condemned for it. He got judged unrighteously for it. And you don't think you're going to get judged unrighteously? I'm pretty sure Jesus didn't let it bother him. I'm pretty sure he didn't let it stop him from doing it. He didn't just cow down to it and say, okay, they don't like the way I do things. I need to not do it that way anymore. He wasn't that way. He was like Paul said. He didn't, he didn't think nothing of it. It was a small thing. What you think is don't mean nothing to me if it's wrong. And this is, again, there's two sides of the coin. I feel like I'm... I'm condemned when I'm being judged, and then I'm also condemning people when I'm judging them unrighteously. And this is something, again, that I think is uh, important for us to, to get a hold of. And if you want to go to Job chapter 1, Job chapter 1, 
this is a guy that, uh, you know, in the past I've, I've justified my judging people by, well, they, they sinned. I mean, they deserve that, you know. That, that's, what they, that's what they had coming. They reap from what they sow. And, you know, to a point that's biblical. But how do you know things happened to people? Jesus was sinless. They killed him. And he was sinless. He didn't do anything wrong. He did everything right. You know, even if he built a house, he built it right. You didn't have to call him back for a punch list. He built it right. You didn't have to say, hey, come back and fix this and fix that. No, he did it right. He did everything he did right. And here's another man in Job chapter 1. I'm going to read verse 1, then I'm going to jump down to chapter or verse 13. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was blameless and upright, and one who feared God and shunned evil. Notice what they said here. He said he was a man who was blameless and upright, and he stayed away from evil. So I think we could probably safely say you probably would have a hard time judging Job. He was doing things right. You'd probably never catch him in the wrong. I'm sure he made little mistakes. But for the most part, if, you, if everybody talked about old Job, you know, it was all probably good, unless they were envious of him or something like that. But now we go down to verse 13. So I got a point in reading that verse and jumping down here. He said, Now there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys feeding beside them. When the Sabians, uh, whatever that is, raided them and took them away, indeed they have killed the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While was, this is one day, best I can tell, unless I'm off or something. He said, while he was still speaking, another also came and said, The fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, The Chaldeans formed three bands, raided the camels, and took them away, yes, and killed the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. Wouldn't y'all like to be the person that escaped? There was only a few people that escaped uh, each of these little things that happened. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, Your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And suddenly a great wind came from across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house, and it fell on the young people, and they are dead. And I alone have escaped to tell you. Then Job arose, the blameless man that is not, he ain't brought this on himself. He ain't done nothing to bring this on himself. He said, and suddenly a great wind, I mean, then Job arose, tore his robe, and shaved his head, and he fell to the ground and worshipped. And he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. And this is, this is a bad day. How many of y'all could agree this is a bad day for Job? This is, you know, we moved in another house last Saturday, and I found these two little water leaks, and I found this jammed-up thing, and I thought, man, I was overwhelmed. <laughs> then you read Job, he lost everything in one day, and I had two or three water leaks, and it was wearing me out. And then my truck was broke down. Then I had this, it ain't nothing. It ain't nothing. Your problems you got are nothing. Just come read the first chapter of Job every day when you think you got a problem, and it'll solve all your problems. It's all up here. You ain't got no problems. My problem, I fixed it at Home Depot. This guy couldn't bring these, all this stuff back. I just went to Home Depot and fixed my problem. And we think we got all these problems, but the, the thing is, what would we have said to Job if we would have been an outsider, just if he had been my neighbor, 
And I, if I could, let me just say I could see his land over there and I could see all these things happening throughout the day. Would have probably thought he, he did something wrong or, or he, he had something to do with that. If he hadn't have done this, and we'd have been probably judging him or somebody would have judged him. I'm sure people did. And this is, uh, again, what I was saying earlier about how we don't know where people have came from and we're judging them by what we know right now instead of what happened in their past and what happened in their life and why they are in this place in their life. And again, that's unrighteous judgment, and, I don't, and that's not healthy for us to, to judge people unrighteously. And we need to get to know people and not just do it from the outward appearance. And these are, uh, these, there's all kinds of things we could go on and on about the things that we could judge people over, you know. Um, I'm kind of reluctant to even mention some of the things that we probably judge people over on a daily basis. If you're over 40, you probably judge people for wearing skinny pants. If <laughs> You may be 40 and wear them, that's fine. Ain't? But I just walk through a room and think, how did he get in them pants? And how does he get out of them pants? I'd have to have a razor blade to get them things off of me. And I just think of things like that. It's stupid. I know I shouldn't be mentioning it, and I'm getting judged now maybe, but I just think of things like that. Why do they dress like that? Why do they do that? And all these things go through my mind on a daily basis, and I'm sure there's plenty of people that are thinking, why does he act like that, talking about me? Why does he talk like that? Why does he do this? Why does he, you know, say things like that? Why does he dress? I was wearing overalls yesterday, and... Uh, it was my first time. Well, I've only had them for a month or two, so I ain't been wearing them very long. So I'm not very good at overalls. And anyway, I went. To, I had I'd learned something yesterday. I went to the bathroom, and let the strap down that fell on the toilet. And uh, <laughs> so I'm learning. So I, I got it out and just put it. On, but you don't know how to wear overalls now. I do. And I don't know what they had to do with this message, but. I felt like it was important to get it off my chest. <laughs> that we are just, we're just doing things and saying things to people and, and thinking things that we, we just don't realize how critical we are sometimes. And I think we just need to ease up on people sometimes and, and, and don't be so harsh because it's affecting you. It's making your heart hard. It's not just affecting them. It's also affecting your heart when you're judging people and putting people down and treating people um, Unrighteous. If you want to go over to James chapter 2, and we'll uh, start, start bringing, bringing this to an end, is James had it, had a, he had it pretty good here. I think this, this kind of sums up the whole message here in James chapter 2, verse 1 through 13. And this is something that um, I feel like, again, brings all this together, but it's something that really has helped me this whole all 13 verses here have helped me probably more than any of the other things I just shared with you. But in James chapter 2 and verse 1, he says, My brethren, do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with partiality. For if there should come into your assembly a man with gold rings and fine apparel, so let's just say it's a rich person, right, or somebody that's well off, and there should also come in a poor man in filthy clothes, and you pay attention to the one wearing the fine clothes and say to him, you sit here in a good place and say to the poor man, you stand there or sit here at my footstool. Now, why would we ever do that? Well, most of the time, it's because we think we can get something out of the rich person. 
and they're going to be beneficial to us. I think it's talking about a church setting here, basically, here in this, in this passage. So obviously, the, the rich man, he could, he could keep the lights on here. You know, he could pay the bills here. He could, he could probably take care of a lot of things here at the church that would be, would be nice, you know, have a lot of money to, to help missions, to whatever you want to fill in the blank. And, but yet, the, the poor man comes in, and we look at him and think, well, he's probably not going to help. We don't think it like this. But at the end of the results, a lot of times this is, the, this is what it is, that he can't help us and he's going to, you know, he might be disruptive. He might, he might say something. He might get up and make noise. He might do whatever. And he said here that, have you not shown partiality among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brethren, has God not chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor man. Do not the rich oppress you and drag you into the courts. That's true. You know, I'm not going to get off on rich people, but I've had more problems getting money out of rich people when I do something for them than I do people that don't have money. And that don't even make sense a lot of times. And not every rich person, I'm not throwing everybody in that category, but you have more trouble with them trying to jew you down and try to get you to do it for nothing and... And do all these things than you do for somebody that's just an average person. Anyways, I'm, again, I'm not throwing all rich people into that category. I'm not s- judging you. I'm just saying my experiences with that. And he said, do they not blasphemy that noble name by which you are called? If you really fulfill the royal law, according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, you do well. But if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. How of you would think, you know, getting drunk is a sin? I think we all pretty much know that. How of you would think committing adultery is a sin? We pretty much all know that. You know, all these big, the big, these are big sins, right? These are big sins we're talking about here. You know, uh, killing somebody, that's a big sin. Uh, but he says here, if you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, but you, you do well. But if you show partiality... You commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. Now, what would happen if I killed somebody? I'd be convicted by the law as I did wrong, right? That'd be wrong. I don't recommend you killing anybody. But he's, taught, he's comparing, and he's going to go on here. Let me, re- let me just finish reading this. For whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble at one point, he is guilty of all. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. Now, if you do not commit adultery, but you do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and do as those who will be judged by the law of liberty. And he, he's, he's basically putting that out there with adultery and murder, is me treating people with partiality according to the world's standards. You're judging them by what they have or what they don't have, and it's no different than any other sin. And yet, a lot of times, we don't think nothing of it. We think, well... They brought that on themselves, or, or you fill in the blank, and all this kind of thing, that, that we're just judging people and we don't realize it. I think that's what I want to bring out today, is just bring it to our attention how much we probably really are mistreating people and, and misrepresenting God to people by judging them and judging them unrighteously. And he goes on to say, So speak and do as those who will be judged by the law of liberty. He says, for judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. 
So I have two choices is for today. Is when I encounter somebody, uh, we can use the example in the Bible, the rich person coming in the doors and the, and the poor man. When I choose to, when it, the choice I have to make to judge them or show them mercy, what do y'all pick? Okay, mercy. A few of us got it. So we choose mercy over judgment. That's what we choose. When, you, when you're faced with a decision, do I judge this person or I show them mercy, mercy triumphs over, you pick mercy. And that's hard for some people to pick because of uh, religious backgrounds, um, all the, the different things, many reasons why that's hard for you to pick. You know, it's harder to unlearn a lot of things. If you've been growing up in your church your whole life and, and learned certain things, it's very hard to unlearn some of those things. I mean, it's next to impossible. It seems like you're never going to unlearn some of the things that you're taught wrong, that you even, even know that it's wrong now but you don't want to, to believe that anymore. It's still hard to get it out of your mind and to get it out of your, of your thoughts. And let me back up here just a little bit, and then we'll bring up the worship team in just a minute. He was talking about here how these are evil thoughts that I have here when I'm judging people and when I'm... Um, okay, here it is, verse 4. Have you not shown partiality among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? And again, we could go on and on with the things that we call sin and things that are sin, but yet we, we're having these evil thoughts towards people and we're having these evil um, accusations towards people and we don't think nothing of it being sin. We don't go home after we've judged somebody unrighteous and just feel condemned like I just sinned. But if you went out and you know, did some drugs and then you sobered up and went home, you'd probably feel really guilty about it. And that's how much... It's in our culture is how much it's been watered down as judging people. Is we don't feel bad about it. We don't, we don't think nothing of it. We just go on our day and don't think nothing about treating somebody unfairly or wrong. But we, because we've categorized all these sins and we feel, we feel bad about this sin. We don't feel bad about this one. And I'm telling you, judgment is pushing more people away from, from God than, than, you know, them seeing me smoke a cigarette or do whatever that, that is the big sins, you know, don't cuss, dip, or chew, or go with those who do. But that's pushing people more away from God than those things. Those are uh, things that are bad for you and all that kind of thing. I'm just saying that I think we got, we got our priorities a little off when it comes to judging, and I don't think we take it as serious as we could, and how much it's, it could be affecting other people's lives, and it is affecting your life. It's hardening your heart every time you do it and every time you judge somebody. Just like any other sin hardens your heart every time you do it. Every time you, you, you do a, uh, commit adultery, it hardens your heart. Every time you murder somebody, it hardens your heart. Every time you do whatever sin it is, it hardens your heart. Just like judging does. Every time I judge somebody unrighteously, it hardens my heart if y'all want to come on up. And this is something that we can overcome, though, I think. I think it's not something that we're too far gone in our culture, in our, in our world, but it's something that we can practice on a daily basis. It's almost like saying, do I eat the broccoli or do I eat the fried food? It's, it, that's how it is, picking mercy and judgment. Well, you pick the mercy every time, and you, pick, you don't never pick the judgment. You pick mercy because it it's triumphs judgment, and it's always going to triumph judgment. Mercy is always going to be the preferred method from God to deal with people 
and to handle people. You never heard Jesus condemn people. The only people that he got on was the church people. He never got on to the sinners, not even one time. He got on to them and, and condemned them for what they were doing. He told the woman at the well, she, she told him he'd been mar- she'd been married five times. He told her to leave that life of sin. But he didn't say, well, there's no hope for you, and, you know, it's your fault you've been married five times. It's your fault. You, you, you probably need to check something in your heart. There's probably something wrong with you. And on and on we could go. That's just a small example. And there always is something in our hearts we need to check. And there probably it was some situations with that lady that she was probably making some poor choices. But I'm just saying that we can do this in a loving way. We can still say things to people, and we can still mention things that need to be mentioned to them at certain times, but we don't need to do it from a judgmental heart and a condemning heart because Jesus wasn't that way. Jesus just simply wasn't that way, and, and he never has changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he's, gonna, he's shown you mercy. I mean, I w- you know, Jesus died for you before you ever committed a sin. I wouldn't die for you if you gave me a million dollars, much less <laughs> for nothing. I ain't dying for you. You don't mean that much to me. But it's, <laughs> you mean that much to Jesus, though. That was where I was going with that. <laughs> and you matter to him. And that's how he wants you to treat other people, how he's treated you. He showed you mercy. And y'all can start whenever y'all are already but this is a uh, something that I think again that's going to take humility on my end to recognize the plank in my own eye first and then I can be able to let God remove it let people help me remove it however it's removed is could be different for everybody but I think the first step here is is humility and just admit to myself that I am being judgmental and admit to myself that I am condemning people, even if it's just in my mind. Even if I'm not really saying much, even if I'm just driving by that guy on the road and I'm condemning him in my mind, and I've already put him out to pasture. He's, he's not good for anything in my mind. And I want to pray for you today that you would just have the courage to humble yourselves and to, to really check your heart and to pull that plank out of your own eye first and to leave all this hypocrisy on the table. We don't need hypocrisy in, in the Christian world. We don't need that. It's not going to help uh, anybody come closer to God, us judging them and putting them down and, and condemning them. So I just want to pray for you in this way. And, and then the, as the prayer team comes forward, I'm going to pray, and then they're going to pray for you individually if you, if you need that. But I just want to pray that we would humble ourselves and that we would remove the plank from our own eye. Y'all receive that? All right, let me pray for you. Father, we thank you today for your word. Father, we pray that it would, would pierce our hearts. No matter how hard our hearts have gotten through, this, through judging people and condemning people, Father, even if it's just in our mind, Father, I pray that you would soften our heart today and that you would help us to humble ourselves today and, and realize that we really do have a plank in our own eye that we need to remove so we can help the world help everybody we encounter, that we're able to help them and show them mercy and not judgment, Father. And we thank you for that today. And again, I pray for everybody in this room to just be able to, to examine their own hearts, examine their own lives, and humble themselves to you and not just dismiss it and be able to overcome this, this judgmental spirit, this judgmental heart. Father, we thank you for that today. And I just pray that it be removed from this place today in anybody's hearts and minds. In Jesus' name, amen.